This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. (laughs) Good morning, Jen. Good morning. It is snowy here today. I love it. I'd rather it be snowy than rainy. Well, yeah. I mean, it's so much more beautiful, but both end up with mud and slush. So it ends the same end result. You don't live in the city. You don't even know. But you know what I do know about? What? Muddy backyard from construction and my dog bringing his 100 fucking pound ass into my house full of mud. You do know that. That's what I got. You got it. You really got it. I got nothing. You win. (laughs) This is a competition. (laughs) Who has a muddier area? Who has a muddier area? Probably considering I live in a farm country. Yeah. We're rocking a ton of mud. I was saying we had like a clinician get together. I was saying when you go to Emily's house, because I'm in the city, Emily's like in the suburbs, I was saying when you go to Emily's house, it's like you lose service. You, But you actually do. <laughs> I know. But there's goats on the corner of my, my house. Are they just like roaming? Yes. There's like a... No. You've never seen the goats? Like a Wait, wild goat? Did you know that when I pick up my daughter from school... Wait, this is so fucking funny. Okay. I pick up my daughter from school every day, pull out... The house next to her school has two potbilly pigs in harnesses on leashes outside. What are their names? I don't know. I've never stopped to talk you to should them. Have, you should. Pigs. You haven't talked to them. They are huge. Wow. Remember when micro pigs were a thing? I do remember that. I was like, I'm going to get one. And then, you know, apparently came out that that was like abusive. Uh, yes. And I also, there was a point where I was like, I want a hedgehog. Cause, like, oh, hedgehogs, hedgehogs were, were big cool. for a while. Yeah. Or like those fly. I feel like the, they're illegal though. You're not supposed dogs. to do that. So 
This isn't what we're talking about today. But, well, let's, we can talk about, we're we're talking about today's sibling relationships. But growing up, though, you had a dog. Did you have cats, too, or just dogs? I had multiple things. I had, I had a dog. Her name was Maggie. She was out of control. Um, I had a turtle. Shelly. Sheldon. Shelly died. Oh, Shelly died. Sheldon. (laughs) I mean, Shelly was once alive. Then Then I had Sheldon. And then, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where Sheldon went. Um, we had se- my brother. Speaking of siblings, had two salamanders. Ew, that I one. No, I don't know what was going on. We yeah. had like a reptile family. That's my so dad had a whole fish tank. My dad's really into fish. Oh, well, your dad still has a big fish tank in his office. Yep. Yeah, lot to sense. take care of. But anyway, we're. Wait, did you have cats? No, had oh, no wow. cats. Don't I know. your parents have a ton of cats now? Now they have two cats. One of them passed away. R.I.P. Kitty cat. I know. R.I.P. Bonnie. But it's interesting because right now my daughter's only sibling is a dog because I have an only child. But today we're going to talk about sibling relationships. And whenever you talk about sibling relationships, everyone has something to say about only children. So in defense of only children, I'm going to say this shit is hard and it's very expensive. And I understand why parents have only children. There you go. There's the support. And what I need to say is everyone says, well, don't you want to give your kid a sibling? But sometimes you forget that you're living through a pandemic and we just simply can't do anything else anymore. Or people can't have more babies. Exactly. Like That's me. An aggressive thing to say. Right? I know. But let's talk about sibling relationships. And also, I think we've said this before on the podcast, just because you have a sibling doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have a good relationship. And we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about what happens and what is the outcome when there is a negative sibling relationship. So let's get to it. Today's episode of Shrink Chicks, let's talk about siblings. So... Emily and I are both younger siblings. Yes. We both have older brothers. Um, so we want to talk about their social benefits, there's cognitive benefits, mm-hmm. there's emotional benefits to having a sibling. Because when you're younger and you're working on developing your social skills, you have kind of like a partner in crime who can teach you all those things. Yeah, it's funny. As we're recording this, I didn't think about how this might end up not so well when my husband listens to this episode. Oh. And he has more fuel in his tank of why we need many more children. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. We really did <laughs> So could you maybe add in all the bad So there's also some bad things, too, about okay. having siblings, Aaron. And if, you have an, and if you have an only child right now and you are, are done having kids, do not feel like this episode is telling you to have more. Right. That's a personal choice. We're just talking about it. Okay. We're just chatting about it. We're just giving you some facts. But yes. that's okay. Listen, and this is only in certain circumstances. So it really, growing up with siblings can significantly alter a kid's childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, Because also if you think about it, and this isn't always the case, it's like someone else who has experienced an environment similar to what you experienced growing up. Yeah. Not the same. Well, I think not the same. One of the things we've talked about before is like that example of the car accident, right? Which is that like, all I can be in the car with me, my mom, my dad, and my brother we get to a car accident. We all come out with very different injuries. And so I think often people are like, I don't know why my... a depressing example. I know, I know. But, right, like this example, like clients will come in and be like, I don't understand. I have all this anger towards my parents, but my brother doesn't. And he feels like he's a fine relationship. But just because you grew up with these siblings doesn't mean you necessarily had the same family experience as they did. I think, too, sometimes that can be so invalidating, yeah. right? Because... If you have the shared environment and you're going through different things, especially if you're years apart, right, that you had different experiences because your parents were at different ages when they had you. Also, they had different experience. You know, they had different 
um, experiences before that, right? When you have your first kid, I assume there's a lot more pressure, yes. a lot more stress. It's the first time you're doing everything. And well, that's what they say, right? So when you go into like some of these aspects of like a firstborn kid, right? They tend to be actually, unfortunately, no one likes to do with this. They tend to be smarter. I can tell you for sure my brother's smarter than Mine me. Mine too. Right? Like IQ wise, emotionally, I'm smarter. But um, right? And for children, me and too. it's usually because one, parents spend more individual time with them. Parents take it incredibly seriously. They also tend to be a little bit more, like firstborns tend to be a little bit more rigid and controlled. And that often has to do because of anxiety coming from their parents at that time. Rule followers. Yes, rule followers. Exactly. So you see this really distinct thing. Um, it's funny because we are later borns. Nikki here, though, is a firstborn. And you are, <laughs> Nikki is such a firstborn. We need her. We right? need a firstborn in our crew. You are the f- only firstborn we have. Yeah. And would you say, and you're such a rule follower, would you say rigid and controlling can sometimes come up for you? <laughs> she said 1,000%. Okay. So, right, we're like later borns because parents were like a little bit easier. There was less rules. We got away with more shit. And sometimes older borns can then become very resentful of later borns because of this. And so some of the things that happen in the sibling dynamics, which like I should have had you watch Encanto before this because Encanto is listening to some of this. Emily has been talking about Encanto. If you have not watched Encanto – I don't care if you have a child. I'm actually going to encourage you to not watch it with a child. I'm going to encourage you to watch it, light a candle, have an experience. Light a candle. Light a candle, drink some tea, have an inner world experience about these birth orders and basically control and perfectionism as a trauma response. I love tea. <laughs> I've really gotten into tea lately just as a, an aside. Good for okay, you. also gender plays out in sibling relationships. Okay, I want to hear Did more Did you that. know? Boys with older sisters tend to endorse more egalitarian gender roles, perhaps reflecting their experience growing up with a female peer who was always older, bigger, faster, stronger, and smarter than you. That Bold is, statement. That is, <laughs> what, what, do you know what that research article is? That I, is I don't know. I mean, I wrote statement. it down if you, guys want, if you guys want the research oh, article. Yeah. Measures of conflict were higher in the female than in the male cohort and cohesion was higher in the male than in the female cohort. Other findings reveal that among firstborn siblings, the level of perception of conflict is higher than among middle siblings. Oh, that's interesting. Right. That's very interesting, specifically about the cohesion is higher in the male. So they're saying brothers are closer than sisters? Huh. Also, this is like a study, right? So like it's not going to be the case in every yeah, situation. Yeah, like what's the population here? Now but we have I would to go say through. my – so my husband has three brothers. Yeah, he does. And they're all – you know, they've wavered over the years, but they're all very close. Like he just calls one up to talk – he was he talked to one the other day just about what dinner was like growing up. And it's just – it's once again, they had such a shared experience mm-hmm. even though they were all – you know, certain years apart, and something about it where they don't really fight, you know? There's no, like, tension or arguments. And if there are, it happens real quick and it's over. Well, the interesting part is this also, this type of study is, are not taking into account blended families or families where there's a huge age gap. Yes. Like, my my husband and his oldest sister, I think there was, like, a 13-year, no, that can't be right, 10-year age gap. You know, like, something, like, yeah. really, like, that's, like, a tremendous amount of time. Right? So, like, I do think these kind of things are talking about, like, you know, children that may be closer together and in one family unit yes. without blended families and having different, you know, half-siblings come in. Because also, too, like, a 10-year age gap, you're basically – sometimes you're, like, an only child. I mean, well, that first child was for a decade. Right. 
Right. That makes a big difference. So you have to take all of this in context yeah. as everything that we say. But I think we get a lot of these things, right? So like the family dynamics of what happened in my childhood, right? I had a very difficult relationship with my brother growing up. And now as an adult, I want to make that work with them. Or I have feelings towards my parents that they always lean on me and they don't go to my brother. Like these are a lot of things that come up. <laughs> you the smile that just came <laughs> out of your face. Yeah. That feels right. Do you want to, how does that make you feel? (laughs) You know, I'm still processing. Um, No, but I think you're right. I think that, and something we wanted to talk about too, is how parents too treating their children in different ways. Like sometimes my brother would get to do things, obviously, that I wouldn't get to do. And their answer wasn't always because he's older. It was because he's a boy. Yikes. I know. I wonder how they feel about that now. Probably the same. <laughs> okay. I don't know if they've uh, changed their views. That one too didn't much. change. Okay. Well, and I think that, okay, so it's interesting because we talk about it like when we talk about um, family theories, right? We talk often about Bowen's uh, level of differentiation, right? We've talked about differentiation before on the show. It's the ability to respond and not react. But the other thing Bowen talked about was the child who had the lowest level of differentiation from his parents, meaning typically the most enmeshed or most overly connected with they are going to end up being the favorite child, but that is not necessarily a role that's beneficial towards them. So there's this feeling of like, oh, I really want to be the favorite. The issue, though, is the favorite often gets more responsibility put on. They are um, the one people tend to be codependent with them. They then struggle to make their own family in a relationship. So this idea of like, and people I feel like for a long time sort of shit on on middle children, but this is where the the middle children get away with more because they kind of they didn't get to be the oldest they didn't get to be the youngest. fly under the radar they get to move across the country and have space and have you know what i mean oh, but there's a, a huge pump, feather you know, on pompous <laughs> grass on you um and so these middle children they get to have like a lot more peace and so there's this thought of like do they get to go live their own life and then there's can be often resentments from oldest and youngest in that or is there this feeling of I wasn't heard or I wasn't seen, right? And I think that's a, I think that's a common feeling that children feel in general, right? Not being yes. heard or not being seen. Um, and I think birth order can really affect how much you might feel that, right? Especially if you have a ton of siblings, right? And if you have a ton of siblings, if there's a lot of kids, often the older ones are expected to take care of the younger ones Especially as they get older. So yeah. you can also talk about parentification and how easily older children are parentified when there's a ton of kids because parents are understandably so overwhelmed, mm-hmm. right? There's only so much they can do. So I think parentification so easily happens. Okay, so can I tell a story? Please. Okay, so on the way back from Christmas, which everyone knows, you spend the holidays with your family and then you got to fight with your siblings, you got to fight with your spouse for a week. So that's fun. I, <laughs> I love so, that. Spent five days with my in-laws, and then of course, you know, there's a big fight. But we are also driving home with my um, uh, brother-in-law, and my brother-in-law and my husband often treats their youngest sister, who there's a huge, big age gap gap with for everyone. Mm-hmm. She gets so infantilized, and they've become so parentified. They'll be like, "I'm gonna call her and talk to her about that." I'm like, "What are you, her fucking dad?" Like, you know, like so for me and my family, like that's like my brother and I don't police each other. Because that's not, we're only two years apart and it's just like never a role that was like put on us. But I think in their family, it was different. So there was some policing and some parenting of the younger sibling. Right. And it changes up the whole dynamic. 
because also then that sibling's not sharing information with them the same way. They feel judged and criticized by them. So we really do see this very interesting parentification or infantilization that comes up with the sibling dynamics. Right, and it changes their relationship with their sister. Yeah. Right, where instead of it being this like friendship or this, and I think sometimes too, it's hard to make that adjustment like as your sibling, especially if they're younger, as they get older, um, and adjusting to the fact that they're becoming an adult, right? And like where they maybe always see her as someone who's younger. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's you know, a, something that I think a, yo- a younger sibling fights with. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I use this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. Did you ever feel that in your dynamic, like you were treated like the younger one? No, I don't. 
I, my brother had way more anxiety than I did as a young child. So I often felt like I felt like the older sibling. And especially as the only girl, like I feel like I was kind of like the like, don't do that, Jake. Like, you know, like I was like sort of the annoying controlling one I did that. because I was more rigid. Um, and he was always like getting into trouble and stuff. Like my brother was like literally always in trouble in high school because he's always doing bad shit. Like he like was getting in trouble because he was like also like really testing the limits, you know? <laughs> and uh, I think I was has always have always been a people pleaser and always wanted my parents to like me my dad also traveled a ton so i was like very obsessed with my dad liking me a lot because i only saw him two days a week um and i so i think all these different dynamics and so my brother and i had i do not think that we had a very good childhood together i think if he was here right now he would definitely agree he thought i was totally fucking annoying and bratty and i thought he was such a douchebag and now as adults we have gotten way more closer a lot because of his wife and that relationship um but it is a very hard thing to do to sort of look at someone in your adult years let that stuff go and say how do i now have an adult relationship with this person absolutely that we did some really mean stuff like siblings do like some fucked up shit to each other <laughs> i i mean like i grabbed my brother's hair yeah i think i kicked a hole in the wall <laughs> because he was being too loud once i would love to watch you get sister angry oh god it's a different type of angry too it's gotta be it's it so right i mean it's an unhinged unhinged is right, a perfect word for right, it right because also they're your sibling they're not going anywhere nothing's so gonna you, happen you let it fly man so like that stuff you say like if you think about what's the meanest shit you've ever done to your sibling you probably don't feel very good about yourself yeah no <laughs> i think i was in a constant battle between like wanting wanting my brother to like me and like gaining his approval and then wanting my parents to like me and gaining yes. their approval i was like in a constant right and sometimes if they were at odds it's like what side would i be on i still feel that now in adulthood i do too yeah i can still feel that now like even in childhood that is something that i can get caught up on is like wanting to like reconnect with my brother and be very close to him but also like still really wanted to like be my parents favorites and the goody jujus, which is funny because, like, my husband was also, like, kind of the golden child. And so the two of us totally do it with both of our parents now. Really works we are, out. No, no, it's horrible <laughs> influences. It does not work out. So why you should marry your opposite. Don't marry someone who's just like you. Right. A little bit of a battle there. It's a bit of a battle, right? So, yeah, I think, you know, but, but I think that that absolutely plays a role. Like, when I was growing up, and I still kind of feel this way, I thought everything my brother does did was, like, the coolest thing ever. And okay, just, but your brother is really cool. I know. <laughs> and so it's still, I still feel like everything he does is very cool. And so, I feel like your brother also got to be much more of himself, his authentic self at an earlier age. Yes. And you didn't get that as much. Like that was like, I feel like that took like much later in your life to come out. I don't know. I feel like he, I think it took a time time for for him to feel like he yeah, could yeah. be himself too. And I think, but I do think it was just, he's much more extroverted than I am. Mm. It was just bursting out of him. You know, he was just, he was just himself. I was just much more quiet. I was like an observer. My grandparents told me that they didn't hear me speak until I was like 16. <laughs> what? I mean, they're like exaggerating, but pretty much. Like I was so quiet. I would not speak. I would just, you were also kicking doors and walls. Except for that. <laughs> 
that I was just unhinged at that point. That's because you and let so, it out. So, but it's, it's a good example of like sometimes with your sibling, you feel like, at least for me, it felt like that was the place where I could just fully be myself yeah. and fully express myself. And we talk about when you have siblings, sometimes it helps you to express yourself in a different way. Like I was a very quiet child, even though I was very emotional. And I just, I think I felt like with my brother, I still feel this way. Like he's one of the people that I can turn to and talk to about things. He was also my um, best man at my wedding. Is that what they call them? Yeah. Well, usually they're, it's a maid of honor. Maid of, man, he's my man of honor. Yes. Yes. Um, that felt like the one place where I could like really be myself and just express myself. And if I wanted to be unhinged, I could be completely unhinged. I could kick a hole in the wall. And so sometimes there's a space there to feel like you can be yourself with your sibling in a way where you don't. So, but I feel like you could, like I had like a ton of conflict with my brother growing up. Like I feel very much like my brother very badly bullied me. And I bet if he was here, he'd probably say that I bullied him back. Really? Right, we're like, okay, so I grew up next door to my best friend. So I always had a friend to hang out with. My brother did not have that. So at a very early age, I always had another girl next door to hang out with. And I think my brother really got, he got left out. And his way of trying to get back in was never a great vulnerable way. It was more of a childlike male way of like, you know, pulling all the heads off my Barbie dolls and locking me in my bedroom. (laughs) That is the worst when all the Barbie dolls don't have their heads on. How do you play with them? Yeah, had, well, you Barbie. could snap him back in, but it was very traumatic as a child. That's t- that is like that's like a nightmare. Yes, yes, right. So, like, I think that there was part also where like I had a lot of resentment towards my brother as I got into high school, mm. and then really I went to college. He was in college, right? Like we had like a lot of time away, and that's when I was able to like sort of look at him and see him as a person who also had a difficult thing, and I could like really humanize him more. But I think for a lot of people, when you experienced feeling very bullied and and having a difficult sibling relationship that really goes into these adult relationships of how the fuck am i now supposed to like have our kids play together and hang out together and like that that shit's still there whether you want to act like it or not right like it sticks with you yeah for and just because they're your sibling doesn't mean you're not getting bullied right people are just be like oh they're playing like it's just siblings no but like you're getting bullied (laughs) and that can really affect you Mm -hmm. that can really play a role you know we talk about talk a lot about you know how your relationship with your parents can really affect you right like if you have a critical parent or but if you have a sibling that's also very critical of you and is maybe taking a lot of their stuff out on you right they're a kid too so they're probably going through a lot but that can really affect you as you're growing up to be hearing things that are when someone's being critical of you or being critical of who you are or you're not feeling included or if there's more tension on that sibling and you're not being seen in some way like there's something that can really play a role I think more than we give it credit and that's another reason why we went to this episode because I don't think we've talked about it enough yeah so let's talk about some other interesting studies right so there was a few studies that came out about how younger siblings teach empathy to their older siblings and uh, brothers and sisters do you feel like you did that did I teach my brother empathy? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't want to speak for him. My answer would be no, but now I'll have to ask him that question. Do you oh think God. you taught yours? I think my brother was pretty empathetic. Your brother's a really nice guy. Yeah, he's a... He's a... My brother is... Doesn't have a, a big emotional capacity. Okay. I think my brother really learned to shove his feelings down mm. real deep, real early in life. 
Yeah, that yeah. happens. Yeah, that happens, right? So I don't think I brought it. I think probably the emotion I brought out from him was anger. That I, like his big my thing growing up was like it's not fair, and his thing was um, I was here first. He was. So he used to always <laughs> say I was here first, and I used to say this is not fair, and that should be on both of our gravestones. Listen, if he, you, if it, you die first, which I hope doesn't happen. <laughs> Make sure mine says I will. It, it wasn't fair. I do feel like that about life. I wish it was not fair. <laughs> All right. And so I think for my brother, I kind of came in and a little bit rained on his parade. You know, like apparently I was a very easy baby. I think he was also in to- he was in toddlerhood, a more difficult time in life. So where I got to be the cute little easy baby that came in, right? Like, and that affects stuff that he's like, I want to kill this little baby, right? Like, she's like, fuck, I was here first and she fucked up my perfect life. I think that happens often too. Yes. Right? Because they're not used to having someone else to share the spotlight with. Well, and your parents' attention, right? That's so hard, right? Think about how difficult that is when you're a little kid and you deeply need your parents right there. It feels so important. And they're like, oh, well, I got to go nurse this baby or change her diaper again. And like, infants are very needy. I think that could be like a a small, small T trauma too for kids, right? Where they go from having this parental figure that's you know tending to all of their needs they're the focus and then they are losing that at such a young age right like for a lot of kids for a lot of kids it's right for a lot of kids it's a very young age to be losing that and when you're second third fourth child you you are born into a world where you're already sharing that well and we're also then discounting that have the are those parents burnt out are they sleep deprived was there any um issues where they ended up in the NICU or away from older child there's also so many what's things going that on happen. in their marriage what's, at oh, the yeah. time yes exactly right so that's when we talk about everything happens within context all of this stuff when you look at this research what it typically takes out is context everything matters about what else is going on in the systems around to figure out what is happening here between these two people Very young children with older siblings tend to develop a theory of mind or ability to put themselves in someone else's shoes a bit earlier than their peers. Hmm. I like this. That researcher said, if if you have siblings, it makes sense. No one teaches you how to push your buttons better or earlier than a sibling. (laughs) That's a skill that requires a well-developed theory of mind. It's so true. I knew exactly how to piss off my brother. Right. (laughs) Right. Don't you, like, really know how to screw with your Also, sibling? Also, I think you develop a way to, like, deal with conflict, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're dealing with conflict from a very early age. And I don't know if, you know, when you're when you're trying this out, I don't know if the way to deal with it is to, like, kick a hole in the wall or to scream at them or... <laughs> but but I think it's, it's practice, right? Like, gives you practice for yeah. other peer relationships. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're not doing that in your peer relationships, but... It gives you a level of practice in that ability to kind of see. And if your parents are able to, if they're there to kind of help you guys work through it or kind of help you talk through it in a certain way or develop a level of fairness in the relationship, which isn't always possible, that that can really help you kind of work through these conflicts in a different way. Yeah. So I less optimistic research <laughs> linked sibling bullying to depression, anxiety, and self-harm. So, 
let's talk a little bit because like if you're a parent listening to this you might be like oh fuck me i'm pregnant right now i'm bringing another one in or like oh shit what's gonna happen so i think it's important to remember that there's like things you can do to like help foster sibling relationships and one of those things includes like individual relationships with both your children and so that you do try to reduce that parental preference, right? That does not mean that everything is going to be fairly cut all the time. That's unrealistic. That is like a stand. That's a setup for failure because it could never happen. But how do I make time to be with child A, to be with child B, to be, to be with child C, and truly understand and know them as people and help them cultivate um, and create some mastery in their life? And to not compare your children. I think that can be... Oof. That's got to be so hard. That's, I was just going to say, I think that can be so tough for people. I mean, parents are so human. And, and right. also parents are growing up at the same exact time as their kids. Right. And so, but that's important. Your children are two very different people. And, you know, to say to your one kid, oh, well, Jimmy is doing this, this, and this. Why can't you? Right. Yeah. It, it keeps from it keeps them from the ability to develop their own sense of self. Right. Where you're just constantly being compared to others. Sometimes then they grow up comparing themselves to everyone around them because um, maybe that's the way that they found self-worth or they found love in the relationship. So that's something to be very weary of is mm-hmm. to not compare your children. And the other thing that the research really does indicate is if the, your siblings are being aggressive towards each other, that you should intervene. Aggression within the home does have potential for these adverse outcomes in childhood right so i think very much like parents would be like oh i want them to sort out themselves and yeah if they're fighting over like a toy you can let that happen but if there is aggression then like that's where they're saying that's when like research is read it becomes problematic yeah i mean it's really you want to talk about kicking a hole in the wall (laughs) i know i'm like i'm I'm you weren't kicking him i don't know i think kicking a hole in in the wall you know, one or a few times to get aggression out. I don't see that as like an overly aggressive thing. But what it does tell me is that you needed some additional coping skills. I didn't have to handle that. I did not have them. You probably also didn't have verbalization. I, I I mean, clearly my grandparents (laughs) said they didn't hear me speak till I was 16. I couldn't say a word. But um, I also think I had very thin walls, right? Like how strong was I as like a you know, those walls had to be pretty thin. Right. I know you're such a little asparagus. Like, right. You like, you picture wall? me, like, kicking in a no, wall? No, never. At, like, I, I would think the wall would just kick you back. I, I think it did. <laughs> I was like, fuck, never doing that again. Um, another thing is that I talk about is, you know, the reality is, is, like, we live in a world that there's divorce. And so they do talk about how siblings can help each other in times of adversity. Of family trauma and of divorces and you know unfortunately we don't like to think about that kind of stuff when you're planning on having kids but it is something to keep in mind right because they can once again as we said it's like a shared experience that you're going through together Um, something that you know your peers aren't necessarily going through maybe they're going through but not in the same way and so to be able to bond with someone who's going through a similar experience sometimes that can unfortunately bring you closer you know because you're experiencing these tough times together it's almost like this is terrible and you're gonna say trauma bond aren't you well i was no i was gonna (laughs) say when people get like hazed oh fuck you're right which is like no good which is no good but it makes them very close that's the i think that's i was i was in a sorority and i was hazed my my it made us very close exactly my sorority would recommend it my sorority did not haze of course you joined the nice girl sorority and i didn't 
What a surprise there. <laughs> but there's something about, I think that that's the goal, right? When people get hazed, that they, you, it kind of bonds you together. I think people just want to take shit out on other people. Oh, that's horrible. Like, I think that's what they say, but also I think they just want to bully. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, I was pretty close with my, uh... <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I don't think you need the hazing. I think there's a lot of ways to, like, to have closeness that, like, does not include the hazing. <laughs> okay, but the number one thing everyone wants to know is the action of what the fuck do I do now, right? Like, let's say I had a tumultuous relationship with a sibling growing up, and now as an adult, I would like to have a closer, more cohesive relationship. And so what do you think is the best, what would you recommend? I think first doing your own internal work around the pain that you have from your sibling relationship growing up. I think that's really important. Because just as we said, you know, we talk a lot about how parenting can affect us growing up and how maybe we didn't get our needs met. But also having a difficult sibling relationship can have such an effect on us. We carry that with us. We might carry it into our adult relationships without even realizing it. We don't really consider the effect that that can have on the way in which we see these models of relationships in our adult life. So I think being very present with yourself to say, okay, how did my sibling relationship affect my relationships as an adult? How might that be playing a role? how did the role that I was taking in my sibling relationships affect the role that I play in my adult relationship? So I think the awareness around how it may have played a role and may still play a role in your adult relationships and also how you feel when you actually see that sibling, whether they're around or not, if they're not around, right? How do you grieve that relationship or like what does that look like? So I think it all starts first with doing some of your own internal work as an adult. And then I wonder what it would be like to directly say to your sibling, hey, I'd like us to be closer. That's vulnerable. Do you have any interest in that too? Would you like to go bowling together? <laughs> bowling? It picks an activity. Do you like bowling? No, but I just feel like sometimes like dinner is too vulnerable. Yeah. Sitting across from each other. Well, I, you sit next to your husband. <laughs> I love sitting next. I am that. We're that couple. I know you are. I love but I it. Mean, but I feel like when you're right, like one of the things we recommend when you're when you're trying to move to the next stage in a relationship is like doing activities, making new memories together, right? Going to see a museum exhibit, going to um, bowling, going to the movies, right? Like there's things you can Playing do. Playing cards. not just like going out to eat and not drinking. Now let's talk about how sometimes what people will do is triangulate something in to diffuse the stress and anxiety. So what they'll do is they'll bond over talking shit on their parents or they'll bond over drinking together, right? Those are all types of triangulation and it might work at the beginning, but then there's going to be a come down from that because it doesn't actually help you make those strong, fulfilling bonds, when you're like, especially when it's like a talking shit type of situation, then you just start to be like, oh, well, then what's he saying to the other person? Right. So like, think about how do I, if I really genuinely want to go deeper in this relationship, have us become closer, what are the things we're going to do that's in a healthy way, not just what what feels like easy and fun? Right. And like bowling might be a good (laughs) triangulation. You're like triangulating the bowling. Well, yeah, because you're like, okay, I'm going to go. So, like, you don't have to talk the whole time. That's what I mean. Like, you can do an activity when you're going to a museum, look at the art, look at something like that. Triangulate the art. Right? Have something else to talk about that's not, like, somebody else in our life or, like, bonding over, like, the gossip part of it. Right. And you are developing. So, the goal is to develop a different type of relationship in adulthood than what you had when you were a kid. Okay. If those relationships were difficult, right? Like, 
And and I think that that transition can be hard, making that transition into, okay, well, how do I develop a different type of, how do I get to know this person as an adult and really be able to bond with them like I would bond with others? Yeah. How do you make a relationship? The same way, how would you make a friendship, right? It's going to take some time. It doesn't mean that it feels the most comfortable at the beginning, but when you actively and intentionally try, that's where the growth comes from. But we have a Dear Em and Jen. Are you ready for it? Nope. Do you have it? It's coming. It's coming. You Hold got it. On. Oh, wait. I could probably pull it up right here. Boop, boop, boop. We were the most ill-prepared. Ill-prepared. I can't see that. My I eyes, got it. My eyesight's so bad. Dear Em and Jen, my mom treats my little sister entirely different than me. She and my sister are both doctors, and I went into a different field, finance. I think she resents me for going against the family norm and has stopped asking about my career. I feel like she's less interested in my life in general. She is kinder and softer with my sister and harsher and seems to have way less patience with me. Trying to understand this has been really difficult and upsetting for me. Any insight? Thank you both. Your podcast has been such a bright spot for me these days. Oh, that's so, so nice. nice. Well, first of all, let's just like for a moment validate how incredibly hard that must feel to have somebody who you desperately want to be gentle and nurturing with you to watch them be able to have those skills with somebody else and mm -hmm. not give it to you. That one, I would also imagine impacts the sibling relationship because it can make you resentful and jealous of your sibling. Right. And that that the love can sometimes feel conditional, right? Like, yeah. oh, should I have been a doctor? Should I? It, it almost, I can imagine, might make you question yourself. But to remember that your parent might be bonding with your sibling more because they feel like they have more in common, right? Like there's something that they can connect over. And so I wonder, is there a way to work to develop a different kind of relationship with your parent in a different way? Are there things that you guys can do together? Um, time that you can spend where you're doing something else. Maybe it doesn't have to do with what career you're in or your sister is in. And, and then how do you develop a different kind of relationship with your sister? But yeah, that's really hard to watch. And, and the suggestion I'd have next is going to be like something that comes after a while. Like this is what you start with because it's harder. But once you're able to do that, put yourself out there. Talk about your job. Don't wait to be asked, right? Be like, hey, here's what's happening with me, right? Like take up space in the room because you've probably made yourself a little bit smaller based on this interaction. What would it be like the next time she feels sharp with you to say, mom, I just felt like you lost patience with me really quickly. Is everything okay? What's going on? And put it back on your mother. Right? Like you can call that out. Most likely what she's gonna say is, Oh, you're so sensitive, right? Because like that's like a thing that like people say when they get called out and nobody wants to be called out. Yes. And that's okay. She doesn't have to respond perfectly, but you still interrupted the pattern in the dynamic, which is what I would encourage you to do. And also make sure that you were getting the warm, soft nurturing from another place in your life when you're not getting it from her. Because you deserve all of that tenderness you desire. That was beautiful. Also, if they say you're too sensitive, you can say, okay, that might be true, but I my feelings are hurt. Yeah. Right? Like, don't back down. Yeah. You, you can feel how you yourself. feel and your feelings are valid. You know, um, Terry Real, who we love very much, says awesome. has a quote in his book that says, like, the relationships are the strongest are the ones that were willing to risk it all by saying the truth. So when I speak the truth, it's scary and it's uncomfortable and I don't like it, but the risk in there is a higher reward.
And that's today's episode. Today's episode. Thank you for joining us. If you feel like this would be helpful for a friend, I never do this. I never do this outro. Can you which remember? Is why. Yeah, yeah, I always do me, the outro. Let's I'm going to do it. Wish yeah, me luck. Okay, you got it. If you think this would be helpful for a friend, send it on over to them. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And follow on Apple Podcasts. Sorry. And you can also uh, rate on Spotify these days. Uh, we got a YouTube, so check us out on YouTube. You can see our video. Very exciting. Um, and I think that's about it. Oh, and to know yourself, you got to grow yourself. Nope. <laughs> and to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. 